Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be in God's house today. Can you say amen? amen. How about the weather? It's cooled down a little bit. Got to praise the Lord when something good's happening. So that's a, a really good thing. I want to welcome all those that are watching online. We're so glad that you've joined us. There are literally people in these two services on Sunday morning that watch from around the world. So I want to encourage you, write down in the comments where you're watching from. There's a community that's happening there that's a huge part of this Countryside family. I'd like to also welcome those that are first-time guests. We're so glad that you're here. So let's welcome all those that are watching online and are guests here today. How many of you brought your Bible? Let's hold up the Word of God today. Father, we're hungry for your Word. We always pray more of you and less of us, so help us to get out of the way of ourselves, to hear your Word clearly. Father, mark it in our hearts to grow, to be more like you. So have your way, I pray, in this message today. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to encourage everyone to take out the notes that are in your weekend guide. This week we're starting a new series called Training Camp. And as we do this, this is really an introductory message to a six-week series that I believe will change your life, will change your future, and will change who you're becoming as you become more disciplined and trained in the things of the Lord. Does that sound like a good idea? So, what do you think makes the difference with people that really are living a fulfilled life? Let me explain. There's people that you know that have great relationships, they have great marriages, they have great kids, they have uh, strength financially, they have stability in their job, they're extremely generous, they have a meaningful ministry that they're vested in and maybe volunteer for, they have a wonderful love life. You just look at them and you know those people are living a fulfilled life. What's the difference between them and people that we know that are really, really struggling, that are struggling financially, that are struggling with their fulfillment, maybe struggling in their marriage and, and feel empty inside. Let me just tell you what it's not. The difference is not their intelligence. It's not their talent. It's not their appearance. You see, I know smart people that are miserable. I know talented people that are flat broke. I know attractive people that can't stay in a relationship. Some of you have dated them. <laughs> so what's the difference between living a fulfilled life, having your dreams and the destiny that God planned out for you, and feeling empty alone? It all boils down to one thing, and that is decisions. You see, our lives are a culmination of choices and decisions that we made day in and day out. Our decisions matter. So many people, they just think, oh, it doesn't matter. I just No, our decisions matter because they map out the very direction that we're going to go. In your notes, the quality of your decisions determine the quality of your life. So you make decisions and your decisions then make you. Maybe you are looking back and so many people, they look back at bad decisions or decisions that brought destruction in their life and they can't get over and past the decisions that they've made in their past and they live in such regret, oftentimes in such shame and they're stuck. Guess what, I have good news for all of you that may feel that way. 
Isaiah chapter 43, starting verse 18. It says, forget the former things. Everyone say that. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. That's the God that we serve. He serves us out of our past. He brings healing from our past, hope to our future, because every day is an opportunity for God to do a new thing in our lives. Can you say amen? So it's important. Forget about where you were. Forget about what you did. Don't stay there, because today's a new day in Jesus Christ. And he's doing something new. And we can be stuck in the past and paralyzed in the things that we've made mistakes with or have a right spirit and renewed mind, forgiven and redeemed. See, the problem with decisions is oftentimes we're not the greatest decision makers. We eat more than we should. We buy things that we can't afford. We say things that we regret. We do things that we don't want to do, and we hurt the people that we love the most. Oftentimes, we're just not good decision makers. Let me give you an example of a really bad decision I made. 30 years ago, I'm working in the post office. I go in at midnight for my normal shift, and I notice there's something different of how everybody's acting. Everybody's kind of talking to each other privately. They're having these secret conversation. I would walk up, you know, just to jump into the conversation. They're like, oh, hey, how you doing, Glenn? And then they walk away. Finally, I find somebody that, I'm like, what is going on tonight? And they said, oh, Glenn, they're talking about the new program here at work. It's privately run. It's privately run by the people in the post office. All the employees are running this program, and the program's called Friends Helping Friends. And they said, in fact, I'm in on this program. Let me introduce you to this program. You see, there's this pyramid, and on the pyramid, there are boxes that go up to the very top. And what you do to get in the friends helping friends, I'm thinking, man, I want to help my friends. I want my friends to help me, is what I was thinking. They said, you put $1,000 and you buy the box. And then as people go, and they buy more, and your other friends, and then you invite your friends to buy a box so that they could be helped. And you go up the pyramid, at the end of this top, when all the other boxes are purchased, you get $10,000. I said, is this legal? They're like, hey, if you don't want to be in the Friends Helping Friends program, you don't have to participate. I'm like, no, I'm all about $10,000. So I go to a meeting with Elaine, and we're, we're listening to these people selling this Friends Helping Friends. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Well, I come in a week later after I spent my $1,000 on my box. And they said, oh, did you hear? Someone leaked our program to the news. And I said, where's my box? Oh, your box is gone. Where's my $1,000? Oh, your $1,000 is gone. And I was introduced to a pyramid scheme at a very young age that I knew. Have you ever heard the phrase, if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. There wasn't no friends helping me. They took my $1,000 and they cashed out and I ended up with a very valuable lesson 
while making a very foolish decision that in my heart I knew was wrong and I knew it wasn't legal and I knew it was gonna fall apart at some point. I was just hoping to get my $10,000 before it fell apart. Pray for me, pray for me. So during this series, we're going to be talking about the power of our decisions. And today's an introduction to the next six, year, six weeks. So in your notes, there are three things, three reasons why we struggle to make good decisions. Why do we struggle? Why is it so hard? Number one, we're overwhelmed with choices. Studies have shown that every day the average person makes more than 35,000 decisions. 35,000 decisions, nonstop. What do I wear? What do I wear? How do I comb my hair? How do I do this? What do I eat for breakfast? What do I want to eat for breakfast? Okay, I got to go. Who am I driving? Who am I getting my, which lane am I going to be in? How, how fast am I going to go? What am I going to say? What am I going to not say? How, I got to listen so I can say the right thing because these people are saying the wrong thing. I got to say the, 35,000 decisions, too many decisions. And cognitive scientists have defined our part of a brain that makes decisions that after a long day of continuously making decisions, that our brain has decision fatigue. So as the volume of decisions increase, the quality of our decisions decrease. So hard decisions all day, we did really good all day, and then we come home, we've been very disciplined with our eating all day, and then what happens? We binge eat because our brains were weak. Let me just tell you personally. So over the last six months, I've lost 42 pounds. Oh yeah, 42 pounds. And the reason I did that is because the doctor said, you better lose some weight, pal, because your glucose numbers are high, your cholesterol's bad. And so I gave this little speech that God's changing me from the inside out. Well, here I am 42 pounds lighter. How did, how did I gain that weight? I mean, where did that come from? I mean, it felt like I just woke up one day and I was 35 pounds overweight. Let me tell you what happened. During COVID, I got into some unhealthy eating patterns. And what I would do is I would do so well all day long. And I would not eat bad stuff. But then at 11 o'clock at night, I'm tired. I worked hard. I helped a lot of people. I deserve a treat. You know how we justify, I deserve a treat. I prayed with a lot of people today. God bless me. I did a really good, I'm a good pastor. And all of a sudden, I visualize the half gallon, it's a half gallon, bluebell vanilla, ah. Oh. And I start salivating, and I start thinking about it, and I'm like, no, I am not gonna do it. And then my brain, I, I get tired and I start thinking, and you know when you get tired, you start thinking, your brain wanders, and, and so I start thinking, Elaine bought some chocolate chips this week. Oh man, that ice cream, put a little chips on that. And you know what else I noticed? I can't believe it, I noticed it in the bottom of the cabinet, that shell thing where you, you put the chocolate you know, on there, and then it hardens so that when you bite it, it goes, it's so very satisfying. It's just very satisfying. 
So I eat it. And what ends up happening over COVID, I ate a lot of it. And I justified eating all of it all of the time. So I gained 30 pounds. And then I, I'm like, okay, I got to do something different. So what I did different was I had to discipline my mind, discipline my emotions, because I'm an emotional eater, discipline the way I'm thinking with my thought life, because when I start thinking about this stuff, it makes me more hungry, and I changed the way that I eat. I stopped eating after six o'clock. I stopped drinking sodas. Oh, I love sodas, they're so good, so, so good. Thank you, God bless you, I'm glad. So what happened? I've lost 42 pounds because of a daily choice of making decisions that were going to affect my life. Now, the key to me maintaining this weight loss is gonna be keyed based on the decisions that I'm making every single day moving forward. If I go right back to the way that I was doing things, the way that I was eating, the way that I was drinking soda, guess what? I'll probably gain that weight and more. And so I've gotta train my mind I've got to discipline this body to be healthy, to be strong, and make good decisions. So don't make decisions at the end of the day that are overwhelming you because sometimes that's the time that we make the worst possible decisions. Why else do we make bad decisions? Number two in your notes. We're afraid of making the wrong choice. As Christians, we're so afraid we're gonna miss God's will. And so we can be overly analyzing everything. It's gotta be the perfect choice. And then we're indecisive. And indecisiveness is an enemy to progress. Do you know that? So we think, I've gotta put my kids in the perfect school. I've gotta have the perfect job. You know, I went through this with my kids when I'm raising them. They're at an age and I'm like, you gotta get a job. Well. I want a job that pays this. I'm like, well, get it. And then after a week, they're not getting it. I'm like, you gotta get a job. Dad, really? I, I, but it's not what I really wanna do with my life. I, I really, I feel like I deserve $4 more an hour. I'm like, you gotta get a job. Do you understand that? It's not gonna be the perfect job, but it can lead to the perfect job, but you gotta start somewhere. It's gotta be the perfect house. And since we're so overwhelmed with doing everything just perfect and we don't wanna miss God's will, then we oftentimes don't make a decision at all. Indecision is actually a decision. Indecision is an enemy of progress. So. When you feel stuck and you feel like you're not moving, oftentimes it's because we're just trying to do everything just perfect. And then we're stuck and we're not moving and we don't make decisions. The next thing, why we make bad decisions, oftentimes we let emotions overrule logic. Interesting. Some decisions we spend so much time analyzing and overanalyzing. Oh, what series am I gonna watch on Netflix? And we, we study for 10 hours about what this series is about and all this, and, and the show actually took three hours. And we spent all this time overanalyzing the details of everything. Let me give you an example. My granddaughter, Sadie, just turned four years old. This year for her birthday, she wanted a dollhouse. In fact, she wanted Gabby's dollhouse. 
like, what's Gabby's Dollhouse? And so I look up, Gabby's Dollhouse was a big deal last year. I mean, it was like one of those things, like, a, for the, I know I'm dating myself, but it was like the Cabbage Patch Kid. Am I the only one that remembers that? Where it was so hot and everybody had to have it. And so there were sites that were selling this dollhouse in December for like double and triple what it would cost. But then I started reading the reviews. I'm like, this thing's junky. It's made out of cardboard. It's no good. And so I spent hours, literally, looking at every possible option for a dollhouse. I'm showing her, I'm like, Sadie, look at this. This is like almost a human-sized dollhouse. Because you know what, I'm, I'm not gonna spoil my kids, I'm not. But I'm gonna spoil my grandkids, so. <laughs> so I'm looking, I'm looking at this, got an elevator here, I've got a kitchen, this kitchen actually cooks. And all this stuff, showing her the options, she's like, I just want Gabby's dollhouse, Pop. And so after all of that debating and analyzing and overanalyzing, I bought her Gabby's dollhouse. <laughs> and when it came, it was junky. It was made out of cardboard. But when I gave it to that baby, she plays with that thing every day and she loves it. It's exactly what she wanted. But I spent so much wasted time on not making a decision. We can overanalyze things that don't even matter. But then oftentimes when it comes to the important decisions, we just make them rash. You know what, I, I just want a new car. You know, Elaine would go out and buy dresses. My weakness was I'd go out and buy a car. And we just made this rash decision because we're in this emotional thing. No, be wise and prayerful over the decisions that you make. You see, your emotions they react differently. When your kid's screaming in the back of the car, how many remember those days? How many are in those days right now? You know, logic says, be patient, because love is patient, love is kind. But your emotions are like, shut up, brother! You have an unexpected temptation. Logic says that is not a wise thing to do. But emotion says, but I deserve it. It'll make me feel good. But oftentimes these temporary make me feel goods build up to be a big mess. So often it's the emotional decisions that hurt us the most. Next point in your notes. Don't make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions. The quality of our decisions determine the quality of our life. So the best way to live, the best way to make decisions is to live in this kind of an attitude, to be a forward-thinking person, a people-loving person, a God-glorifying person that is making decisions that's gonna glorify God, and to decide the decision now before the situation happens later. So when that thing happens and that circumstance happens, we've already made the decisions because we've trained our minds, we've trained our emotions, we've trained our will that the decisions that we make are going to glorify God. We're using this theme of training camp. 
And it goes along with the football season. And I'm watching football yesterday, and I'm seeing teams playing great. I'm seeing my team play bad. They deserve to lose. I don't even want to say they won because it was so horrible. But I can see the teams that are really disciplined, the teams that are well coached, the teams that have done all the work beforehand, before the game. Because when it's game time, if you haven't pre-done all of your training, all of the film work, looking at how the defenses is gonna be. If you've not lifted the weights, if you've not run, you're not gonna be in the same condition. All of that happens way before the game ever happens. So when the game comes, you're ready. You're conditioned. You're ready to go. You're ready to win. You're ready to pray. You're ready to do what you, you're wanting to do there. So there's power in training, and there's power in predeciding decisions that are so important that are gonna dictate your future in a huge way. Decide now what you wanna do. Decide now who you wanna be. Decide now the decisions that are gonna take you the places way ahead of time so that when it happens in the future, you're ready. See, as followers of Christ, we have to ask God to help us, to train us in the decisions that are gonna glorify him. Proverbs chapter 16, verse three. So what it says. It says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. So if you're dating someone, commit your dating relationship to the Lord. If you're married, commit your marriage to the Lord. Make him the central focal point of that marriage, and God will establish your plans. If you're parenting, commit your parenting and your children to the Lord. If you're making financial decisions, commit your financial decisions to the Lord now so that when the future happens, he will make your plans. If you're making professional decisions, relational decisions, friendship decisions, what to wear decisions, what to eat decisions, commit all of it to the Lord. And scripture tells us that he will establish your plan. How many want your plans established by God? He will establish your plans. When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that's when all of the other things are added unto you. But yet we live in a world that lacks discipline. We live in a world where people lack discipline with every decision making around us and we're trained to compare ourselves to them. And so often we compare ourselves to the world and non-Christians and we wonder, it's, why, why are things different? Why are things not working out for me? You see, when you allow the Holy Spirit to empower you, it makes you stronger. With God's help, the determination of our action before the moment, our decision. So in your notes, so when you're faced with a situation the whole reason we're doing this series is to train ourselves in the word of God, to train ourselves in the way of the Lord. So I'm trained to take this action. With every situation, there's an action that we have to take, and we have to be ready to do it. So when I'm tempted to make an impulse purchase, when I'm tempted to spend thousands of dollars on something that is going to bring me temporary joy that I can't afford, Train yourself to wait three days. When you're worried and you're anxious, predecide when those feelings come and they will come. Instead of having unhealthy coping as a mechanism to deal with anxiety, 
predetermine that you're going to give your cares and your worries to the Lord. You're going to take time with him. You're going to get alone with him. When someone cuts you off in traffic, and they will, you predecide that you're going to roll your window down and say, go to heaven. <laughs> you make predecisions on every area of your life. And let me tell you, someone's not going to have road rage if you're telling them to go to heaven. There are examples throughout Scripture on people that had predecided the decisions that they were going to make in order to follow God to the fullest. We see in Genesis, Genesis 22, God told Abraham to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice. This is his son. This is the promised one. This is the one he waited so long for. And now God's telling me, I want you to sacrifice your son. And it seems so difficult. It seems impossible. But yet Abraham was willing to do it because he predecided that no matter what God tells me to do, I'm going to trust him and I'm going to be completely obedient to him. And what ended up happening? God provided a ram in the bush and Abraham stood in obedience to God. We see in Ruth chapter one, Ruth predecided that no matter what in her life, she would follow Naomi. Wherever she goes, I'm going to go. It says your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. It was determined she was gonna follow this godly example to her. Daniel chapter one. We see Daniel and his friends taken to a foreign nation and literally brainwashed, and the government was telling them, this is what you need to do. You need to bow down to this, and you need to eat a certain way. But Daniel says, I won't bow. I'm not gonna bow to your idols. I have predecided that I'm gonna follow God, and I'm gonna do things God's way. Daniel chapter one, verse eight, it says, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and the wine. You see, for Daniel, he knew what he valued. He knew what was important to him. He trained his mind. He trained his will. He trained his emotion that his decisions were going to follow the things that he valued most in his life. So what do you value? What, as an individual, what do you value? What's the most important thing that you do? When people talk about you, what do you want them to say about you, about you, your desires, about your character? What do you want them to think? What do you want to be known for? What do you want to be characterized by? When people describe you, what do, they want to, what do you want them to say about you? What do you want your reputation to be? What do you want, even despite your reputation, what do you want to know deep down what matters to you most? We need to think about that. I want you to pray about it. I want you to commit everything to the Lord so that he will establish your plans based on the values he's put inside of your heart. So what do you value? Maybe you say, I, I value integrity. I want to be a man, a woman of integrity, that when I say something, that I'm going to do it. My yes is my yes and my no is my no. I want integrity to be one of my core values. Maybe you want one of your values is faithfulness. I want to be a faithful friend. I want to be a faithful spouse. I want to be faithful to God. Maybe you say, I value purity in a world that's filled with lust and pornography and filth. I want to honor God with my life and with my purity. 
Maybe you say, I value generosity. That I want to give because it's such a joy to be a giver. God gave his very best. I want to be a giver. Or maybe you've not even really thought about what you value the most. Because what you value the most, God's word will show you the direction to take you his way. Psalm chapter 119, verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. In your notes, when your values are clear, your decisions are easier. See, if if you're struggling with your values, your decisions are gonna be very convoluted and clouded. But when your values are clear, this is what is important to me then your decisions are gonna be a whole lot easier. So based on what you value, decide now what you will do later. So that when you're faced with a circumstance and a situation, you're training your mind based on your values, based on a godly perspective, your values dictate the action that you're gonna have before the situation ever happens. Does this make sense? Is this good? It's quiet in here. So how does this play out? It's gonna play out every single day. Every day it will play out over and over and over. And when you're disciplined, and you're disciplined in the way that you make decisions, it will save you from making unwise decisions that you will regret for the rest of your life. Decisions determine directions. Direction determines destiny. How many want to fulfill the God-given destiny in your life? Your decision will determine your destiny. So if your life is moving in the direction of your decisions, do you like the direction your decisions are taking you? If you don't like it, then it's time to take your life back. It's time to look at what you're doing and the decisions that you're making so that you can get back on track moving fully in the direction that God's called you to move. You see, for all of us, we're dealing with unhealthy emotions, we're dealing with the world, we're dealing with our past, we're dealing with hurt, and what can end up happening is a conglomeration of life and unhealthy decisions, then it creates different things in our life that I wanna address. Even in my own life, these are areas that so many of us struggle with. I'm gonna give you six of them. One, there's times I'm inconsistent. I wanna be consistent, and I start off doing the right things, but sometimes I get tired, and I get weary, and I get overwhelmed, and it can cause me to be inconsistent. Sometimes I'm unprepared for the battle that I'm facing spiritually every day. You see, God's given us a preparation spiritually for the warfare that we're in. We understand that we're not in a battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness that rule the world. But yet we leave so often in the morning unprepared. And Satan attacks us and beats us up. And we allow that to happen, why? Because we're not prepared spiritually for the day that we're walking into. Sometimes I can be unintentional. Instead of being proactive and prayerful and intentional about my decisions, Sometimes it's just like, whoa, I'm just too tired. And I let life come at me instead of taking life and coming at life and living life to the full and living life on my terms, on God's terms. There's a different way to do it than just allow life to come your way. 
I hate to even say this, sometimes, and I'm probably not the only one, I'm not the only one. Sometimes I'm selfish. Sometimes I'm self-absorbed. When I look at a family photograph, the first person I look at, I want to see how bad I look in that picture, and I'm like zooming in. Sometimes I look at circumstances around me. How is that going to affect me? How is that going to affect me? We're going to do this. Well, how that's going to affect me? And I get so caught up in me that that's the focus instead of on God, and I can be selfish. Another problem that I often have is sometimes I'm short-sighted. Sometimes I feel good to make a decision in the moment and not think about the long-term consequences of that decision. And then what happens to so many people? They get wore out, they get beat up, and they tend to quit. You know, historically, the, the time of the year that most people are in church are in January. It's like, okay, let's go. Usually January is where people are hitting that gym, but by March, the gym, ugh. I do it, but it's so hard, it's such work. And we allow life to come at us and we give up. So over the next six weeks, this was an introduction, we are going to talk about how we can train ourselves on six very important revelations and resolutions about who we are as people. And we're gonna make pre-decisions of this is what we're gonna do because this is who we are. When the devil attacks, we're not gonna be unprepared. We're gonna be on guard. We're gonna watch, we're gonna pray, and we're gonna be ready. Someone say, I'm ready. That was weak, come on. I'm preaching my heart out up here. Are you ready? I'm ready. When it's easy to be inconsistent one day on, another day off, with the help of God, we are going to be consistent. Can someone say, I'm consistent? In a world where people often stray from God and lose their passion, and the devil tempts us and takes God for granted, not students of the word, not glorifying him, I make the decision that I am going to be devoted to God in his ways, in his word. I'm devoted. In a world that tends to be selfish, we're gonna be God honoring. We're gonna choose ahead of time that what belongs to God is God's and I'm gonna be generous. Can you say I'm gonna be generous? We're gonna decide way ahead of time in a world where unfaithfulness seems to be the norm. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we are not the norm. We are different than the world and we're not trying to compete with the world. We are going to be faithful to God. We are faithful. And finally, Jesus, what he said on the cross after he had done everything that God had called him to do, his last words were teletestai. He said, it's finished. I did what I was called to do. We are going to train ourselves to honor God with excellence in every area of our life. We are not gonna walk away. We're not gonna give up because we are finishers and we're gonna be training ourselves on how to finish well and how to finish strongs and we will declare that I am a finisher. So I want you to look at these. Let's say it together. I am ready. I am consistent. I am devoted. I am generous. I am faithful. And I am a finisher. So when you're when you get tired and you get weary, which is going to happen? 
When you feel like you're discouraged and you're emotional and you're most vulnerable, your decisions will not be based on the emotions of that moment, but they will be based on the values that God has placed clearly on your heart. Because when your values are clear, your decisions are easy. And you know what, I've got even better news. Aren't you glad we're not saved because of the quality of our decisions of our past? but we're saved because of the grace of God. Jesus declared and decided and predecided when he came to this earth that it's not gonna be my will, but it's gonna be God's will. So the word says to commit everything to the Lord. He establishes our plans. And with God's help, we are gonna train ourselves with the decisions to determine our course of action before the moment of the circumstance. Does this sound like it's gonna be a great series? I think it is, and I believe it's gonna be a life-changing series. And I believe that if you commit yourself to come, invite people, invite your friends and family, that these are gonna be a series that will change your life, change your future, because here we go. We can change what we do now, and the decisions that we make right now, today, is going to determine the destiny that God has for all of us. Can we all bow our heads and close our eyes? Father, we thank you for your word today. We wanna to be more like you, so mold us, shape us into your image, I pray. With every head bow, every eye closed, the most important decision that you will ever make is to allow Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior. The Bible says to come to me as you are. So many people, they feel like, I gotta get cleaned up before I come to Jesus. No. You come to Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to do the cleaning. And when you come to Jesus and you surrender your life to him, you've got a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You've got a Savior that loves you, that's at the right hand of the Father praying for you right now. But it's important that you make the decision to say yes to Jesus. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. So today is your day. If you've walked away from the Lord, Maybe you made decisions you regret, but here you are today and you're ready to make the most important decision to give all to Jesus Christ, to give him your life, to submit your way to his way. Today is your day. So when I count to three, if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. I want you to look at me. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna embarrass you, but I will pray for you and I believe that this will be the beginning of a new day for you. One, two, three. Raise your hand up high if that's you. Wow. Yes, 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 thank you, yes, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're watching online, have this moment right where you are right now between you and God and make this moment real because this moment is going to dictate the rest of your life and your eternity. Can we all pray today for the sake of all those that raise their hand? Just pray after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for being a faithful God. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of the wrong choices that I've made and redeem my life. Today, I ask you to come into my heart. Today, I put you on the rightful place on my heart. As my Lord, my Savior, my God, and truly my best friend, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless your church. I love you so much. Have a wonderful week.
Thank you so much, Pastor Glenn. That was a powerful message. Would you stand with me now to receive a blessing? And as the altar prayer team comes to the front, I want to encourage you, if you raised your hand, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, we'd like you to come up and pray with one of our altar prayer team members. And they have a book that they'd like to give you for free called A Fresh Start with God. It's, it's just a gift and a way of saying we want to help partner with you on this new journey that you have with Jesus. But to receive your blessing now, if you just open your hearts, maybe turn your palms upward in an attitude of receiving. May you be blessed this day with wisdom in your decisions. May you be blessed this day with guidance from the Lord in all that you do. May you be blessed in your health, in your finances, in your generosity. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I love you, church. We'll see you on Wednesday.